We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds, uh, Kobe, and Juan have some things uh, to do, so we will be rolling solo today. Uh, wanted to give an announcement real fast. So I posted a, a poll on Twitter, and it seems to be, for the podcast listeners, uh, overwhelmingly wanted to have the podcast show drop that night. So moving forward, you will be able to get the podcast the same day. I uh, wanted to make sure that was a, uh, aware for the uh, for the for those listening in uh, that find us on uh, podcast wherever you find it. Uh, DGD Pat in the building says, "Well, hello there, absolutely, sir. How are you?" Um, obviously, excuse me. As we look forward to the 2023 season, um, you know, obviously Georgia's schedule has been widely criticized, right? Widely criticized. Um, for being absolutely just full of cupcakes, things like that. Uh, so what better way than to have our own show dedicated towards towards the uh, difficulty scale? So what we're going to do is we're going to take each game one by one as it goes through the season. And I'm going to rate it on a, schedule, uh, on a difficulty one to ten. Right? And for those that uh, see it, uh, obviously – Cupcake being like ones and twos, right? In the green, if you're for those watching, uh, trap games in the middle, and then upset alert if we feel as if it's in the red. So keep that in mind as we move forward with all of these games for each, uh, <coughs> excuse me, each week in the season, right? So as we continue, uh, before we get started, though, I do want to say a uh, shout out to our friends over at Apotheos. Had it again, folks, that coffee every morning. It's one of those things. It's just a ritual for me. Uh, excellent coffee. Had the uh, Costa Rica this morning, and it's just it's so good. Absolutely amazing. Best coffee I've ever had, personal testimony. There ain't no script for me to read off of. Uh, listen, located in Kennesaw, Georgia, uh, you can go online. Go to dgdpodcast.com, and you can actually shop their website. It's pretty simple. We've made some website adjustments. Uh, if you want to check it out, let's go to dgdpodcast.com. 
or you can go to dgdpodcast.com forward slash Apotheos to learn more about our sponsor, Apotheos. Uh, if you're not familiar, they are the official coffee and cold brew spot or partner of the Classic City Collective. That is Georgia's NIL Collective. Uh, so any bag that you go, if you go through our website, dgdpodcast.com, and you shop Apotheos, go to that, and it'll take you to the website. Any bag of coffee that you buy, they will uh, they will dedicate twenty percent of each bag. The proceeds from them from those bags will go to the collective. So keep that in mind when you support Apotheos. You're supporting the dogs as well. Thank you, Apotheos, for sponsoring the show. Now, with that being said, let's get started. All right, get started here. First thing is first. Um, we will do that again. From 1 to 10 or from green to red, as you'll see on the show, if you're watching live, you will see the green be, green to red, green being cupcake. In the middle is a trap game, and then, you know, red, you're looking at upset alert, right? So first things first, we'll get started. First week, week one, Georgia hosts Tennessee Martin. Now, obviously, that is a school that not a lot of people are going to be understanding of, uh, and that's fine. That is fine. But with that, I have them at a one. I think it's a cupcake. Um, and the reason why I say that is this. Tennessee Martin uh, against Tennessee last year, they had a uh, they had a guy go seven for 20, uh, 122 on Tennessee's defense. They are, he is gone now. Uh, they had a lot of senior leadership leave last season. Um, and obviously, I think Georgia defensively will just absolutely de- destroy this uh, schedule. Uh, DGD Pat has him at negative two. Listen, the lowest I can go is at one, Pat. So I understand your empathy or your your sentiment there, but I cannot do that. I will say, um, you know, listen, it's going to be a one for me. I, I just think so there. Um, you know, and obviously, if you're in the comments, uh, let me know what you think, and we'll go from there. However, you know, listen, I, there's nothing I can do. Even Carson Beck is first start if he is the presumed starter. I just don't see them just struggling. I think Georgia can just have their way, right? Um, just my thought there. You know, listen, it'll, it's a night game too, so you know the environment. Even if it is Tennessee, UT Martin, I, I just think that the place is going to be absolutely bonkers, right? Uh, as Pat, as as he says, it is the first uh, night game in Sanford Stadium in a couple of years. So yeah, I mean. I think that I think they're just going to be overmatched physically, uh, talent-wise. It's, it's no it's no discredit to UT Martin. It's just what it's going to be, um, in my opinion. Uh, listen, expect Georgia to just absolutely run away with this, probably five six touchdown win, if not more. It's just way too early, but yeah. Uh, obviously, you know how we do uh, when the season starts. We'll do our predictions and everything, but I, I expect a absolutely humongous. Uh, point spread here, and I would expect Georgia to cover it. I, even even with the new offensive coordinator and quarterback, I don't see that being a problem. Uh, moving on to week two. Now, y'all are familiar, Georgia fans, you're familiar with this. This was supposed to be a road trip to Norman. However, with, Nor- uh, with Oklahoma and Texas coming into the SEC and the second part of our home and home uh, falling into when they would be conference members, the SEC decided to scrap uh, the matchup against Oklahoma. Uh, but before that, Pat does say 63 to three. So maybe that is the case. We might have our, you know, first 63 to three moment, first week of the season. Absolutely ridiculous, but it's possible. 
But to get back to week two, right? Going to week two, you're looking at what could have been Oklahoma, but now you find yourself playing Ball State at home again. And again, this is another matchup that I just see Georgia having their way with and just absolutely dominating. I've got this one as well. Um, if this was Oklahoma, you might look at a four, maybe, right? Uh, we know what they looked like last season, but I'm going to give Brent Venables the benefit of a doubt there. Um, obviously, looking at Ball State, though, there's just no reason for me to believe that they have any chance. I don't see anything happening as well like, with that game. Uh, so there is that. Um no other way to put it than it's just going to be an obliteration, right? Pat might have another 63-3 moment right there, uh, and I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, that's week two, right? You're going to get a lot of these guys getting reps, right? You're getting, um, you're getting some immediate depth from your uh, from your young guys, your reserves, your freshmen. Uh, they're going to be getting run, um, and a lot of it, I would expect, and which is boding well, which we'll talk about at the end. Um, but then. You host South Carolina in week three. Now, the question there lies, South Carolina, how, you know, should we be worried about that, right? Should we be worried about it? You Spencer Rattler coming back, Beamer ball. There's a lot of hype. Listen, they did beat Clemson. They beat Tennessee to end their regular season. Uh, lost a thriller to Notre Dame in their bowl season, but I don't put that against them. I think they're, they're only up and up for real. You have to be mindful of that. Um, but when it comes down to playing in Athens, with the fact that Kirby just for some reason, I feel like Kirby just despises Beamer. Yeah, I don't know if it's just this weird thing, but, I mean, look at what happened last year. Utterly embarrassed uh, the, the Gamecocks in Columbia, right, like 49-7, um, you know, going forward on fourth and short. Like all these things – making me just wonder, like, what what did Shane Beamer do, right? Um, but, you know, people, you're talking, this could be a trap game. I see the people's sentiment there. I just don't think, as, as long as Shane Beamer is there, you see this being anything where Georgia, like, looks past South Carolina. You just don't. You absolutely don't. Uh, and with that being said, for week three, the matchup, I have a meta four. Um there are some questions. How does Georgia replicate some production – or South Carolina, excuse me. How does South Carolina get production off of some defenders that they lost with Cam Smith, Zach Pickens, Jordan Birch to the transfer portal? And also on the offensive side of the ball, I know they have uh, Spencer Rattler. I know they've got Juice Wells, which is going to be uh, an excellent player in the SEC. But you also – you lose Jaheim Bell, which is arguably one of their better offensive players – uh, Marshawn Lloyd, the running back transfers, and the running back depth is a very big question mark, um, you know, in this in this game. I have them at a four uh, just solely because you never know. I, I think it could be lower. I, yeah, I just don't see it going any higher than a four. For the sake of this, I have it as a four just because, you know, we really don't know what it's going to look like with them having a new offensive coordinator, Daryl Loggins, coming in um, <clears throat> to be the, the coordinator, you know, replacing Satterfield, Marcus Satterfield. So, you know, I think that opens up uh, Shane, you know, Shane Beamer's offense. Uh, ultimately, I think Georgia wins comfortably. However, I do think this will be more of a game that Georgia has their eyes open. Uh, you don't let this become a trap game. 
right? So I'm not going to call it a trap game. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm not going to call this a trap game, but I do think you do have to be careful offensively because you don't know if it, what the offense is going to look like. It's going to be early test, first SCC uh, matchup for Carson Beck, assuming he's a starter. Right? There are these factors that Georgia has to look at. I think Georgia handles business comfortably, but there's always that possibility that something might go wrong. I think Kirby's got the answer for that. Mike Bobo's got the answer. Uh, if if Carson Beck starts to struggle, I do think you see us rely on the run game. I, I think that could be the situation, but it would definitely cause some concerns if something like that were to happen, right? So I have South Carolina as a four in this, in this moment, right? So now you look at, all right, you've got three home games there, and then you host UAB in week four, right? You moved on to week four, hosting UAB. Listen, we've played UAB recently. Um, that was Stetson Bennett's first start on his uh, – Roll to uh, on his roll, uh, rip and tear through two national championships. Um, absolutely destroyed UAB. Uh, obviously, you know, something that Georgia fans love to see, right? Uh, I've got them, I've got UAB as a two uh, on this. Now, UAB as a two, and the reason why I say that is I think they're a step up in better competition than Ball State and uh, UT Martin but I just don't see them being any kind of threat offensive or right, against the defense. I really don't. Um, and that's just my thought right there. So when you look at it right there, I've got them at a two. I, I just do. Um, you know, which is still what it is, but there's, there's no other way around it getting to say, Hey, like it's, it's still a cupcake game for us. Um, what do you say? <laughs> uh, but then this is the fun part. Week five. Week five, you have Georgia's first road test, and that's in the confines of Jordan-Hare Stadium in Auburn. So Georgia travels to Auburn. First road game of the season uh, would be whichever quarterback's first true road environment uh, in the SEC as well. So this does raise some suspicions and concerns as well, right, just with South Carolina just being different uh, circumstances. I also think that, you have to be mindful. We don't necessarily know what Hugh Freeze-led Auburn's going to look like, right? Um, the the expectation could be that they're going to look kind of rough, um, but you never know, right? We'll find out. Luckily, it'll be in week five, so you have some time to see what they could look like, uh, some tendencies, things like that. So there will be some timing, some game film uh, on Auburn, kind of get a feel for what they're going to look like. Um, ultimately, when it comes down to it, though, I have Auburn as a three. Um, I think there's there's some talent there, but I think the quarterback concern for Auburn is what's going to hold me back from putting them on the same level as South Carolina at a four, uh, even with the road game environment. I, I know Robbie Ashford's there, but is he going to be the guy? They bring in uh, – I forgot the guys. I know last name is Thorne. Uh, bring in a guy named Thorne to come in and maybe be the guy. I don't know. Uh, but you know that Hugh Freeze can can play with some quarterbacks there. Uh, so you have to be mindful of these things, right? That that matters. So I've got them at a three as we move on to the next matchup uh, where Georgia comes back to the confines of Athens and Sanford Stadium, and they host Kentucky. And Kentucky for, for Georgia has been a game where you're extremely – it's an extremely physical matchup, right? You look at Georgia last season going to Kentucky, extremely cold, 16 to 6. This kind of looks sluggish. Kind of walked through that game. 
and it and it kind of raises alarms a little bit. Uh, I, I do think that you have to look at what Kentucky lost though. They lose Will Levis. They lose uh, Chris Rodriguez. They lose some offensive line pieces. So they're having to replace all this. They bring in Devin Leary, but is the question from or the question with Devin Leary is will he be able to play? You're you're looking at week six, and you think that there's a chance that you see Devin Leary, um, you know, even to start the season. I'm not sure, um, but by week six, I think there is a chance that you see Devin uh, start at quarterback. But what are they going to do? How are they going to replace him? I think you got um, there. I think Darian Brown. I think is his name as a player to watch there, but. I just think that it's Georgia. Georgia will physically overmatch them. Uh, bringing being the fact that it's also uh, in the confines of uh, Sanford Stadium, it's it's a it's just over for me. So I've got them on the three uh, on the on the uh, difficulty scale there. Same with uh, Auburn, right? I just I'm still not sold on Kentucky yet. Like I said, as we move forward in the season, I do think you have more uh, tape and, and kind of more of an understanding here. But as it stands today. I just don't necessarily know that Kentucky's got the bodies to handle anything. I expect them to be physical, but I just think the depth and the talent gap is just too too much for Kentucky to even come close, adding the fact that they're on the road in Athens. It could get ugly, and I think it will uh, get ugly fast, right? get ugly very fast. So you have six games, and then – yeah, you're looking at six and zero, right? There's no reason why Georgia should not be six and zero. You know, you've had some small difficulties there. I think your South Carolina game is being at a four, probably your most difficult game uh, based off of today's projections. Uh, I think South Carolina will be your biggest game to get uh, to to that point. It's just it's just one of these things you have to keep in mind for right. So after Kentucky, now this is where it gets interesting. You go to Nashville, and, and you play. Vanderbilt. Now, Vanderbilt almost makes a bowl game last season, and that's a huge improvement uh, with what Clark Lee is doing there uh, in Nashville. However, Georgia shut them out last season as well. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if if Vanderbilt scores some points, right? Don't necessarily know for sure. However, comma, I don't see Georgia struggling too much with this at all, in my opinion. Uh, so with that being said, I add them as a two as well. Um, you bring them as a two just solely because what happened last season, right? Even, even being on the road, I don't necessarily feel uh, extremely worried at all about Vanderbilt. Um, you know, I just still feel like they're so far behind in regards to talent. I'm not saying that they're doing a bad job in trying to recruit guys and things like that. I, I just ultimately just get so worried about seeing, um, you know, Georgia versus Vanderbilt, right? From a Vanderbilt, it could get ugly for them. Uh, and I think it will, uh, even on the road. Georgia has been known to, uh, you know, take over their stadium. We've done that several times. Uh, I don't see that slowing down any. Uh, so I expect another just obliteration uh, of an SEC opponent. Um, so now you look at – so you're looking at seven games in – or sorry, excuse me, six games in, excuse me, sorry – and you, you head into the bye week, right? Uh, before we move on with the second half of our schedule, I do want to take another shout out. Uh, first off, make sure to like the video, folks. Make sure to drop a like if you're liking this. Uh, subscribe, ring the bell, right? Ring the bell. It's so fitting uh, for Georgia there. But I want to give a shout out to Alumni Hall as well. 
dgdpodcast.com. You can shop Alumni Hall there as well. Same thing as Apotheos earlier. Uh, keep in mind, licensed Nike, right? You see what I'm wearing. Licensed Nike, Cutter and Buck, you know, well-known brands, uh, all licensed Georgia Bulldog gear. Find them in store at uh, 1791 Oconee Connector, number 535 in Athens, Georgia, or you can shop online, right? Uh, mention mention the DGD podcast in store if you're in Athens, get 10% off your order, or you can support the show by uh, using our website and shopping Alumni Hall from there. Uh, also, if you want to check out and learn more about Alumni Hall, head over to dgdpodcast.com forward slash Alumni Hall. And from there, you will be able to learn more. Uh, you will see new, like just in all these things, uh, and you'll just learn more about the business as well. So thank you uh, to Alumni Hall as well for sponsoring the show. Now, with that being said, we move on from the bye week. Georgia has, at this point, six wins. Fairly easy, I would say. And we look forward to the cocktail party, right? We always have our bye week before heading to the cocktail party down in Jacksonville. And it's just always going to be fun, right? Because let's be honest. We saw what happened since uh, Billy Napier has taken over Florida. It has been one of those things where if you are a Georgia fan, you absolutely love this. Absolutely love it. Florida is going to be terrible this year. I, I just, there's no other way to put it. If, if the spring game is any correlation to how the season could be, I definitely think that Georgia should absolutely just steamroll them, right? It is a rivalry game, however, so anything can happen. But I do not trust Graham Mertz. I think the defense, however, could be uh, upgraded. I think the defense will be better. Uh, I just think that offensively, not having that, not having the quarterback that they need, while also looking at having to rely on their running backs. Now they have good running backs um, with with uh, ETN and you know that core there. I think they'll they'll have to rely on the run game. But what does that mean? That means that it bows right into Georgia's uh, bread and butter, right? Stopping the run. So. If you stop the run, you stop their pass, or you force them to pass, and I do not feel confident at all, at all, with with Graham Mertz, whoever their quarterback may be. I just don't see it being very good for them. Uh, It's going to get ugly, folks. Uh, I have Florida at a two. I I just don't – they're just not that – defensively, they'll be okay. I just think that at the same time, the offense, the quarterback situation is not good. It is a terrible – quarterback room to be in right now um it's just it's just not good overall I don't trust their offensive line I think Georgia can manhandle that offensive line and make Mertz have a very long day and just give me one of these games where Carson Beck going back home and just absolutely torching the Gators in Jacksonville it would be just one of the most fitting things possible right so now you're looking at being uh (coughs) excuse me so now you're 8-0 Right, heading into the next week here. Um, sorry, I just caught myself. We were actually seven and zero before the bye week, uh, but now you're eight and zero, right? And now you look at playing uh, Missouri, right? Pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Last season, Missouri had us on, had Georgia on the ropes. You know, cold night in Como. 
and honestly, if, if it's not for Malachi Starks, Georgia could be looking at one loss in the regular season and, and the entirety of the season could be altered, this and that and this and that. New season, Missouri comes into town and it comes into Athens, comes into Athens, and I definitely just believe that Kirby Smart will have these guys up for this game. They will have them up for this game, which bodes terribly bad if you are a Missouri Tiger. Um, Kirby, I, I think he he took that personally, that that loss, or the potential could have been loss, I guess. Last-minute win, let me rephrase. Definitely think that matters to Kirby. Kirby will not let them sleep through that. It will not be surprising to see Kirby use that fuel for motivation at throughout the season, potentially, at least heading into this week. Um, so ultimately, when it comes down to it, in regards to difficulty, another two. Uh, they have Luther Burden. I just don't worry about the talent with Missouri. And again, you're at home this year. Uh, and you also just look at the fact that Kirby will not allow this team to play down in this game. I think Kirby sends a message in this game, right? There was a lot of people nationally uh, that thought that, you know, Georgia's ex got exposed and, and to some degree they did. So Kirby, it, it leads me to believe Kirby will absolutely set a precedent and a message by just absolutely destroying Missouri uh, in Sanford Stadium. I know it's weird. Um, why am I saying this? It's just because it's a statement, right? Like you look at last year's. This was this was the vulnerable spot. I don't. I, I don't. I think Kirby sets an example here. I have Missouri at a two. To recap so far, from one one to ten, you're looking at Ball State and UT Martin as your ones. Missouri, Florida, Vanderbilt, UAB at your two, Kentucky and Auburn at your three, and South Carolina as your four. So now you're looking at nine and zero. Uh, you're looking at nine and zero, moving into Ole Miss. Now, this is where it gets interesting. It gets very, very, very interesting. I feel as if Ole Miss is the game to be mindful of. This is your senior day. You have Tennessee upcoming the following week. We don't know what Tennessee is going to be like at this point. If if there is that chance that Tennessee could be undefeated or have maybe if at most one loss, this game is going to be massive, right, the week ahead. So you definitely have that opportunity to look ahead. Also, Lane Kiffin is not a bad coach. He can design winners to beat your defense. They have Quinshawn Juckins, one of the best running backs, arguably in college football, um, coming back. He's only a sophomore. But again, I think Georgia predicates themselves on stopping the run. So I think it will be hard for uh, Ole Miss to establish a dominant run game in this game. Uh, if they do, then I think it could be a very long day uh, for this. I, I genuinely believe you can have some issues here if you don't stop Quinshawn. Um, I think you're going to have to, if you're Ole Miss, I think you have to open the ball, spread the ball out. So who's your quarterback at this point? Is it Jackson Dart? We don't know. There's several quarterbacks that could be in the runner for their starting gig. We'll see what happens, right? For this game, though, for this game, I have it as a five. I have it as a, a potential trap game. Uh, considering the circumstances, you are in Athens, but you do have Tennessee the next week. There's going to be – Tennessee fans are going to be chirping 
all week leading up to this, the week before the uh, you, the Georgia-Tennessee game. We know this is coming, but you do have to keep in mind, it is senior day, so you will be in Athens, and that is that is a good thing if you're Georgia, right? Last time Ole Miss played us, we got absolutely just, just outmatched. It was wild to think this uh, back in 2017, but this is also the one team in the SEC that Kirby Smart has not beat yet as a head coach. So I think there's a message to be made here and make that kind of statement by, you know, winning every, uh, beating every SEC team, shall I say, by beating Ole Miss. But I do think Georgia has to keep in mind that this could be a trap game. So you have to be mindful with this. I think you're, you're going to get this. This will be a game where your defense gets tested, in my opinion, the secondary. We do. I do believe that our defense and secondary will be strong. But you will find out that, you know, what they have. I think, you know, I think if you pass more, that's going to bode well for Georgia. But you, I, I do expect Ole Miss to score some points. I don't see them scoring a ton of points, um, but I do see them scoring. I just think that, you know, Lane, that would be putting a huge discredit to Lane Kiffin's offensive prowess in his mind uh, for them not to do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I have Ole Miss as a five here. Um, <clears throat> heading into – the the game against Tennessee in Neyland Stadium. Now, with that being said, this is where it gets fun. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is where it gets fun because you have <clears throat> one, the biggest, arguably could be the biggest game of the season for Georgia uh, in Knoxville. All right, They're going to be out for blood. Tennessee fans will be out for blood. There's no way to get around that. I just think that they will. So with that being said, you take a look at whether they're undefeated, right, whether they're a one-loss team, two-loss team, I just think that they're going to come out and they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder, right? Georgia stopped that offense. They study, like we, we shut down their offense in Sanford. Um, so when it comes down to that, I definitely think that you have to be mindful. And with that being said, you, you, pose, a, you pose a threat for Georgia on this. So as we move into this, I have Tennessee as the hardest game. Um, Tennessee is the hardest game on our schedule this year. I have them as a six. Um, I think Georgia handles Tennessee. I do, right? I definitely think that we handle them, and that's and that's fine. However, Tennessee, it's all dependent upon Joe Milton. If Joe Milton is what people in the national media are expecting him to be, you know, there's a chance, right, that the new, the receivers and things like that. I don't have this game any higher, though, because I think Georgia's defensive capabilities, uh, you know, I think Georgia's defense will be able to handle what Tennessee does offensively. I don't – I mean, you don't have this – you don't have the the Jalen Hyatts, right? Even when you look at that, right, you have Brew McCoy coming back. Squirrel White is a name that I think people are aware of or should be aware of on this one. I just think that with how – Josh Heupel operates his offense. I think it bodes well for Georgia. I think Georgia understands what to do, but it could get it could get dicey, right? Being on the listen, I guarantee that it should be the loudest home game or away game. I mean, that Carson Beck or whichever quarterback is starting will experience this year. So it'll be a legitimate hostile environment. Uh, so I have it as a six. Now, moving on from the Tennessee game, I think so far you're still undefeated. Uh, could I, I think you? Could see something similar to last year against Tennessee, uh, but at the same time, it could be worse or it could be closer. We don't know, but I think your I think your uh, your schedule you're still unblemished. 
at this point. Now, we look to the end of the season where we go to Atlanta, take on Georgia Tech, and while we dominated Georgia Tech last season, while we while we dominated them last season, I do think it's interesting to see what Brent Key will do. Uh, we'll ha- we'll be at the end of the season, so we'll have a full season's worth of you know what to expect from them uh, and see how he's doing as a coach. And with that being said, you know I, I think you look at them as being a three. And the reason why I say that is I think the talent is better than what it was last year. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but, uh, you know, you lose Sims, and I think that could be the X factor there, you know, your main loss. Um, but I think I think Key is going to be on the right track there. Uh, they could be going through a rough season. We don't know. Uh, I, I just can't put them any higher than the three. Um, if, if any indication from that last season I saw – uh, you know, that first drive last season, uh, not saying they can do that, sustain it, but it was something worth noting, right, that they can prepare for a game. So we'll see how that plays out. But ultimately, I have them as a three. And with that being said, you go 12-0 and 0 in the regular season. Um, and I think that matters because when you take a look at the uh, – you take a look at the situation, right, that Georgia's in. We look at the schedule. This is why this is important. And before we, before I explain that, I'll kind of go back and recap this. So your ones, you have Ball State and UT Martin. Your twos are Missouri, Florida, Vanderbilt, and UAB. Your threes are Georgia Tech, Kentucky, and Auburn. Your four, South Carolina, Ole Miss at five. And your toughest game, in, in my opinion here, Tennessee at a six. Um, so there is your difficulty uh, scale for each game this season. Now, I think the interesting thing for this is it is important to note that while you're hearing the schedule being soft, right, I think it's I think it bodes well for Georgia moving forward. You have the opportunity, if you take care of business, to go ahead and get a lot of your freshmen and your reserve guys a ton of experience in game, going to get somebody different. We know how Georgia practices. We're not worried about that. I think Georgia practices against the best team in the country, right, when they go against themselves. We've seen that kind of happening over the last couple of years, right? We've definitely been more prevalent there. But it going to, it's just different when you're in practice and then going up in a different game. So having the opportunity to get reps, um, you know, in games, right, at a different speed, against someone else where you can legitimately, you know, go. You don't have to worry about the spring game where you can't touch the quarterback if you want to get a sack in this game. You can absolutely destroy the quarterback. Right? You have that opportunity. So you get guys a chance to go. Offensively, I think it's going to be interesting because you should, in theory, operate your offense to a point where it allows the backup or the third-string quarterback even to come in and operate the offense. We saw this last season, Carson Beck, when he would come in, we saw him operate the offense. With that being said, this year I hope to see some of the same. I think you need to do that uh, moving forward because 2024 schedule is nowhere near as soft as what we're seeing in 2023. Is there a chance that some of these games become more difficult? Yes, there's always that chance, right? We're, we're 52 days out uh, from the start of Georgia football. So obviously there is some time things happen. Injuries can happen. Right, you have to account for these things, but it's hard to account for it right now. So we're just taking off what we know as it stands today. 
So with that being said, I think Georgia goes 12-0 un, uh, undefeated regular season, looking for a spot in the SEC championship game to be determined on who we you know go with and play in Atlanta. Uh, with a spot at the playoffs, I think Georgia solidifies their shot in the playoffs there. Um, yeah, I think you still have to win in the SEC championship just because people how people could view our schedule. Uh, however, you know, back-to-back champions, I think if you slip up and lose a game close in the SEC championship game, you should get the benefit of a doubt. We saw Alabama do that before. Now, with that being said, that is all we have for today. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, Rumble, wherever you find the videos. And wherever you find your podcast, make sure to like and leave a review. Uh, honest criticism, I'm okay with taking that. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, let us know. If you don't, let us know. That's the only way we get better and give you what you want. With that being said, have a great day. We will catch you next time. Go dogs. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.